following is a vintage broadcasting publication presented by Frank Goss. The following podcast is entitled Dewey's Dumbing Down of the American Children. This series is concentrated on the state of public education in the United States of America. Mr. John Dewey is credited as the father of modern education as we know it, and we understand the principles and purposes of Mr. Dewey are still in effect, governing both the teachers and the students under their care. We will be discussing why Johnny is having difficulties and why he can't read. We hope that you follow along and find some benefit in our discussion. Thank you. From the beginning, I want to be very clear in my intentions. I am a Christian. I believe the Bible is truly the inspired Word of God, and I seek to live for the glory of God and obey the teaching of Jesus Christ. I have no apologies for that. My goal is to represent Christ in all that I do, and I may be a poor example, but I'm using what I've been given to do what I can. I do have a biblical worldview, and I seek to avoid secular worldviews. I do not see the devil behind every tree, but I do realize that this world is his domain. His ideas and principles rule in the hearts and the minds of all who do not know and submit to Jesus Christ. What I have to say will be filtered through this particular way of thinking, this ideology, if you will. It's a scriptural position. Again, my goal is to please my God and maker. To him be all the glory. Seeing that we're going to be discussing John Dewey's dumbing down of the American children, it would serve us well to understand something about the man, which we will get into who he was, his impact, and his place in society. On top of this, and most important, is what was central in the man's thinking. While men like to say that a teacher should just teach reading, writing, and arithmetic, any sensible person with the capacity to reason understands that it's impossible for an individual to divest himself or herself of all personal opinion. Each individual has an opinion. They have an ego, and they will express this opinion if given the opportunity. Some people dress provocatively. Why? What does the way a person dress tell you? It expresses something about the individual. Some people always seem upset, though they never express themselves in fits of anger. Some people are extremely overweight, and some people drink excessively. These mannerisms and habits are methods of expression. People must express themselves in some way or another, and the same goes for teachers. Teachers will inherently inject their philosophy and personal opinions into the curriculum they use to teach your child. Everything is at play here. Their religion, their political ideology, their understanding of life, and their most deeply held opinions will all spill over and deeply influence your child. That's a given. Compare what they do to what, what you do at home. How do you teach your children? Your religion, your philosophy, your personal opinions, and your political opinions are freely expressed, and your child absorbs all of this like a sponge. How do you understand your child's teacher's role? That teacher will be a parental figure to your child. That teacher will have more direct influence on your child in a controlled environment in one day than you will have in a year's time. For seven hours a day, five days a week, for a period of nine months, your child will sit under the authoritative instruction of that teacher. The drawback is this. That teacher has no true knowledge of your child. That teacher did not give birth to your child. He does not or she does not have the personal attachment that you do. 
He does not understand your child's emotions, and he does not understand how he or she learns. He doesn't understand how your child feels about things or how he thinks. Einstein's genius was so great, he did not learn in conventional ways. He was beyond the teacher's intellect. So strange was this, he was considered to be mentally retarded up until he was four to five years old. He did not speak until then. His teachers did not know or have adequate time to sit down with him and become familiar with his particular abilities. They had a method of teaching, a system, a protocol that they were trained to follow. In the end, this method would produce a product, and that product was produced in order to perform. This is the essential principal aim of education in the United States. Cold and calculating, perhaps, but from the beginning, this was the purpose and design. While the lessons have changed dramatically, the purpose and the principle remains the same. The influence that particular teacher will have on your child is incalculable. Sincere, amenable, loving, and kind, if she or he does not follow the principles and established procedures set forth by the state, he or she will be out of a job. So, what are the fundamental principles that have been established? What are the underpinnings that support these principles? Define these and you will begin to understand the purposes behind the methods and you will begin to understand the reason for public education. Who developed these ideas? Consider this and you'll start to understand the character of the organization. The character of the creator is borne out in the creation. While the beginnings go back to New Harmony, Indiana, and a man named Robert Owens, our focus is centering on a man named John Dewey. He is the man who instituted the fundamental principles that teachers follow in instructing your child. What is surprising to discover is that many teachers don't realize this themselves. They follow a method they learn by rote, and they do particular things that they have been taught without thinking. It's almost like muscle memory. While most have an altruistic attitude when they start out, and they truly want to help the child, but when placed within the public school environment, they quickly discover time is not on their side. They have seven hours a day to manage 30 children. Within those seven hours, they need to teach fundamental ideas in mathematics, reading, social studies, and all sorts of other subjects. They have to teach this to infantile minds, Obedience, speech patterns, reading, responsibilities, their manners, respect and conduct, and so on. They have to inculcate this into the mind of a small child within a seven to seven hour period on a five day basis. They don't have time to sit with each child individually and learn that child. They have to follow the established methods they learned while at the university. There they were taught certain principles and methods of how to indoctrinate the child with basic fundamentals, principles that the child would use throughout his education. The joy of teaching may still remain, but soon the job becomes a job. The administrator, or the principal, is required to make sure that these methods required by the state are followed, and that the child is learning what the state is wanting to teach. If this is not being done, the teacher will be examined, exhorted, corrected, or summarily fired. If it is determined that the child is at fault, the child will be held back and the indoctrination will be re-administered. By no means am I questioning the love, dedication, or commitment of any teacher. Many public school teachers are deeply dedicated and truly sincere. They've given themselves to a profession that not many would embrace. And they are committed, and I commend them for their desire and effort. To many, it has become a grind. 
a job in which they find little joy. To these, I would sincerely suggest that they find something they truly enjoy. The problem is no so often found in the young teacher early in their career. The predicament is that teachers, sooner or later, discover that they are in a system that is corrupt by design, and if they do not adapt, accept, and submit, their retirement will be placed in question, their career will be insecure, or they may find themselves out of a job. Due to cognitive dissonance, Americans, by virtue of propaganda and indoctrination, hold dissonant political beliefs and are constantly justifying, trivializing, and denying information in order to live comfortably. People tend to believe what they want to believe and disregard the rest. The American public school system is the purest form of socialism, Marxism, established in the United States. It is a fixed institution that has never produced as promised. The public is constantly calling and has been constantly calling for a reform and demanding more money. But the result is continually in decline. Johnny's reading skills are so bad that one said that he wouldn't be able to read his high school diploma. Another position that many do not realize is that in 1962 and 1963, the Earl Warren Court ruled that the Bible nor God was welcome in public schools anymore. Various reasons have been given, but the idea that God is not allowed in our schools reveals a great deal about the character of public education and should be one of the main concerns that we look at. I include Marxism in my statement due to the fact that the subjects presently being taught are Marxist in design. The school system has surpassed the fundamentals of reading and have moved into political indoctrination. With the introduction of critical race theory, gender identity, and allowing for the child selection of personal pronouns, instruction regarding Black Lives Matter, which is professed to be a Marxist organization, and the intentional obfuscation of what is being taught and the lack of parental influence truly reveals our school system in a way that not many people have seen before. These things definitely need to be considered as we move on in our study in Dewey's Dumbing Down of American Education. Dewey's Dumbing Down of America's Children is written and produced by Vintage Broadcasting. We do appreciate your participation with us in this podcast and would ask that you tell your friends and others about our work at Vintage Broadcasting. We also have two additional podcasts for your listening pleasure with subject matters that may be of interest. The Origin of Reason can be found on most popular podcast sites such as iTunes and Spotify or by Googling theoriginofreason.com. One word, theoriginofreason.com. This is a detailed expositional study of the book of Genesis in its entirety. It helps to know where we come from and how we got here. The studies are short, concise, and easily followed. Additionally, you can tune in to Vintage Broadcasting by entering fgoss.com to listen to a series entitled The Great Reset. This is a series that serves as a search for the ideas that support the political movements we are presently witnessing in our day. These are very reminiscent of the events of the 60s, and with good reason. Many of the past political activists are revisiting our nation in principle, and many of our politicians and leaders are embracing and practicing these radical views. 
Also, as you have heard, we are presently considering public educational systems here in America and considering the foundations and how we have built an entire educational system on the ideas of just a few men, ideas we may or may not support. You're invited to listen, and we sincerely appreciate your cooperation and look forward to having you back soon. Thank you from all of us at Vintage Broadcasting.